Welcome to Destiny Church's weekly podcast. We're a church located in Columbia, Maryland, right between D.C. and Baltimore. And we're so glad that you decided to listen to our podcast. If you're looking for a message of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuned into the right place. If you have any testimonies of what God has done in your life as a result of listening to this podcast, please email us at stories at yourdestiny.church. We love to hear how God is impacting people's lives through what he's doing at our church. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear from God as we jump into this week's message. Somebody say hallelujah. Could you go ahead and sit down? Y'all, the presence of God is in this place. I have a message, and I'm going to preach it, but you know what's better than preaching about Jesus? Experiencing Jesus. You know what's better than talking about healing? Experiencing healing. The only reason you talk about it is to fill up your faith so that you can experience, but experience is always the end goal. A conversation was never the end goal. My faith being stirred so that I can experience what I'm talking about was always the end goal. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But verse 14, my favorite verse, said, and the Word became flesh and walked amongst us. It's not just good that it's in the Word. I needed to become my reality. Reality. Somebody say, I want it to be my reality. I want the healing power of Jesus to be my reality. I want the joy of the Lord to be my reality. I want the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage to be my reality. Hallelujah. You guys have a Bible? If you have a Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. How y'all doing? I've always wanted to preach to the choir. Can y'all sing? No, no, okay, so we won't. We won't have y'all preach to the choir. God is good, amen. Hey, y'all. I almost want to say the bishop of bishops is in the place, but my dad is here, y'all. Come on now. He's going to be mad and he's going to not want this, but dad, can you please stand up? I talk about you all the time. I just, come on, come on, Dad, stand up. Come on, come on. Just, I just want y'all to see my dad. Come, 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 come. Hey, y'all, this is Reverend Chandler. He hates that, and that's why I do that. Pastor Brian, you were talking about legacy. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. So many times people say, Destiny Church is amazing. How did you do it? I didn't. I just picked up the baton and kept on running. I'm going to get myself a joke. Y'all know I didn't start this church, right? My dad started this church in 1997 and handed it to me in 2011. And I'm running on the legacy that he laid, and I'm grateful, I'm thankful. And actually, my dad planting this church and what God is doing in this room right now is going to be a perfect illustration for what God laid on my heart. And that is this, that the seed will produce, the seed will produce, the seed will produce. I got three points, 21 verses, 
and really only one thing to say. So I'm going to read it real fast. I might read this whole message and not preach it because there's just one thing that I need to get to you that you can extend your faith towards. And then we're going to sing maybe one or two more songs. Y'all can take a water break for like 10 seconds. Can y'all give it up for our worship team? Hey, y'all, it was Sean's birthday this week. Can y'all stretch your hands towards Sean? Come on, Dan, lay hands on him real quick. Father God, I pray over this man of God right now that the favor of God would arrest him, God, that you would open doors that no man can open, God, that you would shut every door of the enemy, God, keep him in health, keep him in favor, dear God. I pray that the dream, God, the forgotten dreams of his heart, God, that you will bring them to pass, God. We're thankful for his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen and amen. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 says this, while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Somebody say seed, time, and harvest. Somebody say seed, time, and harvest. Y'all know where I'm going. One more time. Seed, time, and harvest. Last week when we were talking about the Benjamin series, we were talking about sowing financial seeds. The only thing that God can multiply is a seed. And he said he gives seed to the sower and bread to eat. In other words, every time God blesses you financially, some of it is for you and some of it is for others. And the sum that is for you is great, but the sum that is for others multiplies into a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. This principle of seed, time, and harvest is not just a financial principle. It's a biblical principle. Just write, write this down for me. I have three, just thought, three thoughts. The first thing is this. Everything starts in seed form. Everything that you can ever experience starts in seed form. Somebody say prove it. I'm so glad you said prove it. This whole earth that we live on came from a seed. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 2, it says this, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. Then God said, then God said, did y'all catch the seed? Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Y'all missed the seed. That's okay, I'll give it to you. In Luke chapter 8, verse 11, it says this, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of the seed is the word of God so as God spoke his words were a seed and his seed produced everything that you everything that you experience is starts in seed form every fight that you see starts in seed form every blessing that you see starts in seed form the life that you're experiencing now are based on the seeds that you planted five years ago. The life that you're experiencing right now are based on the seeds that you planted five years ago. Somebody say, prove it. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, 
that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will also the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Whatever you're experiencing right now is based on what you've sown in the past. So if you like what you're experiencing right now, continue what you've been sowing. If you don't like what you're experiencing right now, don't blame the government, don't blame your job, don't blame your boss, don't blame your spouse, blame your seed, because everything that we experience is starts in seed form. If you don't like what you're harvesting, change the seed. Look at the neighbor next to you and tell them, change your seed. Change your seed. Some of us are expecting a harvest in an area that we've never planted in. God, I just wish I had somebody who was in my corner. I wish I had somebody who had my back, who didn't just want me for what I had to offer, but they cared about me for who I am. Have you sown that into somebody else's life? Because everything starts in seed form, and if you're not getting the harvest that you want to receive, I'm telling you, check your seed. One way we sow seeds is with our words. What you say will become a, it's not karma, y'all, it's kingdom. You know Satan has a counterfeit for everything that God has, right? Satan is not a creator, so he cannot create. Satan is a liar, so the only thing that he can do is manipulate that which was already created. That what goes around comes around, that's not kingdom. What kingdom is, is what sowed is reaped. So if I want to reap friends, guess what I need to sow? Love and compassion for other people. If I want to reap a harvest of souls, guess what I need to do? I need to sow my soul and lay my life down for the kingdom of God. I'm going to reap what I sow. My words can be seeds. My actions are seeds. My finances are seeds. My life is a seed. John 12 24 says this, most surely I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Have you sown your life? Can I tell you what that looks like? It looks like, God, here's my plans. Here's my goals. Here's my ambitions. Here's where I want to be in five years, but I bury all of that. And God, I open myself up to whatever you want for me. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Some of us are mad at God because he hasn't brought to pass our plan. And God says, I can't bring to pass your plan because your plan is still in seed form. And it's not until you bury your plan and are willing to walk away from it that it can actually produce a harvest greater than you even planned. Hmm? Hmm? Who's in control? 
Who dictates your words? Who dictates your action? Who dictates your Friday nights? <laughs> he said, hey, as long as you hold on to your life, I can't multiply it. But the second you say, God, if you never do one more thing that I ask you to do, that is okay because it's no longer I who live but you who live in me. And I lay my life down as a living sacrifice. I surrender to you. God says, I've been waiting for this moment because I'm not a God who brings things away. I'm a God that does exceeding and abundantly above all that you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And I couldn't do what you were asking because what you were asking was too too small it was in seed form and it's not until you were willing to bury it that I can actually grow it to what I've always wanted it to be aren't we ignorant y'all some of you like I ain't gonna say amen to that where you going with this and I'm not yelling at you or getting mad at you because I'm in the same boat but we really think God can mess up our lives come on now all the recovering control freaks in this room like, we really think if we surrender to God's plan that he is really going to mess up our lives. Some of y'all went through the whole Benjamin series and you still like, I ain't tithing. I don't care what that skinny black man says. <laughs> you know what that is? That is, hey, I don't trust that God can do better than I can. I'm not apologizing and I'm not forgiving. I don't care what they say. If they don't come to me first, it's dead. What that really is, is I can't trust that God can do more with me than I can do with myself. I, this ain't even biblical. I triple dog dare you <laughs> to surrender to God. Like, like for real, for real, y'all. Not like not like churchy surrender. You know what I mean by churchy surrender? That's when you snot and cry in church. And when you're around people who know you go to church, that you, 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 you surrender. But not in, I'm not even talking about getting around with the wrong crowd. I'm just talking about you by yourself on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know you're still calling the shots. You know you're dictating how I respond and what I do and where I go or what. I'm telling you, if you would surrender, the harvest that he would bring into your life would blow your mind. Everything starts in seed form. The second thing is this. Every seed takes time. He said, as long as the earth remains, this shall not cease. Seed time harvest. I hate that. Jonathan, I wish it was seed harvest. <laughs> I could do seed harvest. Seed harvest for me, the prophetic picture of seed harvest is door dash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, door dash is of God. Like you're hungry, you click, it's there. I gotta cook, gotta turn on the stove. Don't got to mix, don't got to taste, no, it's just hunger there. And we have this mindset that as soon as God speaks, it's there. He said, no, 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 seed, time, harvest. Psalm 105, 19 says this, until the time, somebody say time. time. Until the time that his word, God's word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Who's him? Joseph. 
God gave Joseph a dream that your entire family is going to bow down and worship you. Joseph was confused like Stephen is confused because Joseph thought, oh, he gave me a word. He gave me a seed. Now's the time for the harvest. Hey, y'all, y'all going to worship me. And God is in heaven like, no, no. That was seed. And then there was time. And it says the time is what tested him. Hmm. So when his brothers grabbed him and threw him in a pit, it was testing the seed that was placed in his heart. Are you going to believe what God said or are you going to believe the pit that you're in right now? Isn't it funny that as soon, woo, as soon as he told his brothers, the seed that God planted, I'm about to grab you and throw you off the platform. Is that okay? As soon as he told his brothers the seed that God laid in his heart, what did his brothers do? They grabbed him and they planted him in the ground. Did he not say when it was all done, what you planned for evil, God intended for good? The brothers were operating on the will of God and they didn't even know it. Joseph said, I'm a harvest, and his brother said, what we're looking at right now is not a harvest. What we're looking at right now is a seed, and we have to plant this seed on behalf of God because it needs to be tested, and unless it's tested, it'll never produce. They thought they were throwing him in a pit. What they were doing was planting him. Then he goes to Potiphar's house. Then he goes to prison. What is that? That's time testing. You know what happens when you take a seed and you put it in the ground? The nutrients in the ground breaks that seed apart. I better preach. This is me and you talking on the back porch on Memorial Day. This ain't me preaching to you. Life hurts. Let me tell you something. What God is doing in Destiny Church, this is great. This hurt. Me and my wife have spent time crying. Because this hurt. It hurts. It's, it's breaking. Some of you are going through seasons of pain right now. And you're saying, God, why? God, why? God, why? God, why? And God is saying, because in the form you are in right now, you are not mature enough to produce the harvest that I want you to produce. And it breaks God's heart just as much as it breaks your heart, the pain that you're going through. But understand that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that that pain was not designed to kill you. The pain was designed to prepare you. Because just like there's something in a seed that produces a harvest, listen to me, there is something inside of you that you don't even recognize. You think you're normal. You think you're average. You may think you're gifted. But what you don't know is that you're supernatural, that the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. And sometimes God will take, uh, all the times God will take you through a season that life breaks you to the point where the only thing you can rely on is not what's without you, but that which is within you.
then all of a sudden you don't just know the verse, but you've experienced the verse that greater is he that is in me. Every seed takes time. This is just a side point. So you have to make sure that you're always planting seed. Because the seed that you're planting today, you're probably not going to harvest for another 6 to 18 months. So if I wait until I need a breakthrough to plant a seed of praise. That's why reactional worship is juvenile. Can we talk? That's why situational praise is immature. I'm going to wait till you do something great in my life, God, and then I'm going to scream and shout and lift my hands and cry out my eyes. Mature believers understand I don't need to wait for God to do anything because he's already done everything on the cross. And I'm going to sow a seed of worship. And I'm going to sow a seed of praise. And I'm going to sow a seed of thanksgiving. And I'm going to sow a seed of gratitude. And I will lift my hands. Do not play. Even when there is no music. And I'm going to open my mouth even when nobody else is singing because I understand that even if I don't have a reason to bless him and worship him now that I am sowing a seed that I will reap a harvest. Sit down. My dad will tell you this. When he was a pastor of the church, he messed up and he gave me a key. And I wasn't breaking in because I had keys. But breaking in is much better for preaching. I'd break into the church. <laughs> and I'd get on that keyboard. And I'd play. Y'all could kind of play, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm nowhere close to Sean. I could just play a couple chords. And I'd sing, and I'd have to explain how I sing, because y'all heard me sing. You know how that went. <laughs> and I'd close my eyes, and tears would stream down my face presence of God would fall in that place. I'd see visions. I'd literally see visions of people being healed and set free and filled with the Holy Spirit. I had visions of, of rooms packed out. And then my dad would call me and say, hey, you're late for work. Where are you? What are you? I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Run out the door. And I'm seeing a harvest of it now. I say this not to be arrogant, but just to build your faith. Some of you walked in this room and you've never seen anything like this before. You're amazed, you're flabbergasted, you're overwhelmed by the presence of God. I've seen this before. I've seen this for decades. I've never seen it with hundreds of people in the room. When I saw it the first time, it was just me in a room with my hands lifted and tears streaming down my face. But I was planting seeds that this isn't even the beginning of the harvest of what God is looking to do. And I'm looking for some people that you are okay sowing seeds that you're not going to reap for the next five years but you're all right with that because you know when this seed finally produces in my life it's not just going to produce for a season but my children's children's children are going to eat from the seeds that I'm sowing right now if you take about 10 seconds and just give God a praise in this place sow a seed of praise sow a seed of worship sow a seed of gratitude sow a seed of thanksgiving I don't know where Abby is in this room, but there's a lady in the church named Abby, and, and the doctor said, we think you may have cancer. 
And when I heard that, I said, if she does, God will heal her. And she probably doesn't. And here's why. Because I had seen her worship. For months and months and months and months before bad news, I had seen her sowing seeds of faith unto Jehovah Rapha. So watch this. When I've sown seeds and it's time for me to make a withdrawal, it's time for me to sow, to reap a harvest, I'm not petrified and afraid and scared based on what a doctor says because I've been sowing seeds into the supernatural long before the enemy dared touch my life. So when the enemy came in like a flood, it was no big deal for the Lord to raise up a standard against him because I have been sowing seeds over and over and over and over again. Sowing seeds ain't sexy, y'all. Can I say sexy in church? Sowing seeds ain't cute. You know what sowing seeds are? Sowing seeds are waking up at 4.30 in the morning and getting dressed and packed for work so that you can make it to prayer at 6 a.m. Sowing seeds are living in holiness when none of my friends are. Sowing seeds are sowing financial seeds and giving money to somebody that can't repay me. And nobody around me saw or will ever know. But I wasn't just giving to that person, to that situation. I was giving through that person to the kingdom of God. And my God says what was done in secret, he will reward. Sowing seeds is what nerds do. I'm going to like re-preach your whole message. Ecclesiastes 11.6 says this, scatter your seed in the morning. In the evening, don't be idle because you don't know which will succeed, this one or that, or whether both will be equally good. What does that mean? Never stop sowing seeds. Never, 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 never stop sowing seeds. Okay, that was the message. All that just to get to this point. Every seed must produce. Every seed must produce. Every seed. Every seed. Every seed. Every seed. Every seed. Every seed must produce. Somebody says seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. The Bible says that God is not man. He shall not lie, nor shall he change his mind. So if he said it, he's going to do it. The verse that we read, Genesis 8, 22, it says this. As long as the earth shall remain, this shall not cease from the earth. Seed, time. God laid on my heart. We were together, staff in our connect group and praying. And all of a sudden, God said something that completely blew my mind. God says, because of the amount of time it's taken for some seed to produce, some of you have abandoned your faith that that seed will ever produce. And God said to tell the church that for so many of you, there are dormant seeds in your past 
that you planted believing that God was going to do a great thing, but because it took longer than you expected, you forgot about that seed that you planted, or you, you, you brought back your faith from seeing God do a great thing in that area, and you've gone on about your business. The only thing is the seed that you sowed wasn't a natural seed. A natural seed may disintegrate over time, but a supernatural seed is incorruptible, the Bible says. It says that the seeds of God don't pass away from time matter of fact they get stronger over time and God sent me to remind some people that if you would extend your faith once again to some old things that you've forgotten about some dreams and visions and, and hopes that God laid on your heart he said if you would dig that back up and apply your faith to it that that seed will still produce First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 says this, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abide forever, because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures. Isaiah 55, 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary. Look at your neighbor, tell him, don't get tired. Look back at that person and tell him, I'm tired. <laughs> it's all right if we tell the truth in church. I was tired. She mean you tired, you're only 32. 32 in the natural, I'm 62 in the spirit. <laughs> Some of y'all tired of your marriage. <laughs> Nobody back there? Up here. Y'all know me. It's church. We're going to be real. Some of y'all tired of purity. I ain't been married that long. I remember it was like being single. If God's called you to be single for the rest of your life, God bless you. But I wasn't the calling of my life. I was miserable. I, I, was, I was like, God, this is for the birds. I'm tired of this. <laughs> I get myself in trouble. There's only so many ice blocks a brother can eat. Like, God, come on now. Some of y'all tired of waiting. Come on now. Some of y'all tired of tithing. Tithing for eight months? Stop. I didn't see nothing. I'm tired of that. Pick back up. Stop again. 
pick back up, stop again. Seed, time. You ever saw that little corny meme? All memes are corny. With that brother with the ax pick. He was right on the verge of breakthrough. All the diamonds, ain't no diamonds in the ground with no ax pick, but that's what the meme was. And one more swing and he would have broken through. And because he got tired and gave up on time, I'm about to preach from a meme. Because you see, if he wasn't digging by himself, when he got tired, he would have had a brother or sister in Christ to be like, okay, you take a break. I'm going to continue to believe God that this breakthrough is coming. I'm telling you, some of you are in this room and you're getting ready to give up hope on your seed. And you are so close. You are so close. Like I can literally sense the spirit of God hovering over you, just screaming in the spirit, no! Don't give up. Don't go back. Go back. Don't go back. Go back to what? Go back to your comfort zone. Go back to your comfort sin. Go back. Don't go back. Is it painful? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. Because if you do not grow weary, you will reap. A harvest. Can you play? We're gonna land this plane. Can you bow your heads? Every Sunday morning when we end out service, we always say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Which I just believe supernaturally that God's gonna speak to you in ways that you never even thought possible right now. And here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that God will remind you of seed that you've abandoned. Because here's what happens. God gives us a seed. He plants it in pain. But every seed, in order for it to grow, it needs nutrients. It needs water. And what's the water that we add to our seed? That's our faith. And the second we remove our faith from that word that God spoke to us is the second that seed can't produce the harvest. The pain and drama and setbacks and all these different things of life that you've set your eyes on have stolen, aborted your faith. That's why God says we don't live based on what we see. Some of you, the image that's looking back at you in your mirror is what has stolen your faith. I'm not who I thought I was. I'm not as strong, I'm not as disciplined, I'm not as resilient, I'm not as holy, I'm not as this, I'm not as that. And because you haven't been pleased with what you've seen in yourself, you assume that God sees you the same way you see you. And because you see yourself as not worthy, you think God sees you as not worthy. And thus you've cut yourself off from a harvest that God never cut you off from. He says, I don't look at you based on you, I look at you based on me in you. So my prayer in this moment as God remind us of those seeds. Remind us of those things that, that we've forgotten. 
Remind us of those things that we've given up on. Maybe you've been praying for healing for so long and it never came, so you switch your prayer from healing to, God, I just need relief. God says, no, I'm still a healer. I believe in this moment, God is switching survival prayers back to overcoming prayers. I'm so corny. You can always tell when I got saved because that's when I stopped listening to secular music. Let Destiny Child be survivors. Jesus didn't die on the cross for you to be a survivor. He died on the cross for you to be an overcomer. He's not an if you only could God. He's an exceeding and abundantly above all you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.